While the world shuts down to slow the spread of the COVID-19 virus, much of rural Australia, thankfully, appears to carry on somewhat unimpeded for now. Who knows what's around the corner, though, with the situation changing not only by the day, but by the hour. In this episode of The Yarn, we're getting back to business to a degree and exploring a really interesting opportunity for the wool industry, returning sheep to the sheep wheat zone of Australia. Hello and welcome to The Yarn. It's a podcast for the Australian wool industry. I'm Marius Cumming. Now, when I was at primary school, which is many years ago now, uh, a map of land use in Australia included a strip of land around southern Australia between the high rainfall zone and the pastoral zone called the sheep wheat zone. In recent decades, sheep have become less popular in this area for various reasons, but with technology making sheep work easier, increasingly variable rainfall and the stability in production and financial risk that sheep and wool provide, the interest in sheep getting back into this zone is significant. Recently I headed deep into the wheat zone in the nation's largest wheat producing state, Western Australia, to the Leiby Group cropping update at Dalwollanew, three hours north of Perth. Now in a minute we'll hear from the chair of the overarching Grower Group Alliance with some really interesting comments about cropping and sheep that I guarantee will surprise you. But for now, let's meet the Leiby Grower Group. My name is Katrina Ventichinque. I'm the Executive Officer at the Leiby Group. What an amazing surname. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, it's actually the number 25 in Italian. Yeah, it's um, yeah, a bit interesting. What, why 25? <laughs> I'm actually not sure. I haven't really looked into it too much, but it's, yeah, it's a pretty cool last name. Um, yeah. Well, Katrina, again, thanks for... Uh, allowing uh, AWI to be part of your cropping update day yesterday. We're right in the middle of the wheat belt here in Western Australia. Um, the Leiby Group has a great name. Tell us a little about what the Leiby Group is. Sure. Uh, yeah, the Leiby Group is a dynamic grower group. Uh, we're a not-for-profit organisation that operates in the um, a few shires in the Western Australian wheat belt. Um, we have about 90 farm business members which relates to about 300 individuals uh, in the local region uh, where we provide um, all of our members with access to innovative, timely and relevant research, bringing together the grower, growers industry uh, researchers to provide networking opportunities across Australia. So most of your members, I'd say, are very much cropping focused. Is there much of a livestock bent to the farmers how many what percentage of your members would would have sheep for example uh, I feel like it's um, varied over the years but at the moment I'd say we're about at the 40 percent um, sort of mark we have a fair few growers that are still very interested in sheep and uh, looking at you know how to to be innovative and yeah push that a bit further so I understand that last year was a pretty tough year up here for, for croppers and um, cropping incomes go up and go down. Um, it, it can be a feast or famine situation from a production point of view and uh, just speaking to producers last night, uh, a lot of people manage their risk very differently. Some uh, hold on to grain for longer, store it for longer uh, and others um, have 
adjustment for sheep and others have sheep, but all people here really appreciate their summer holidays on the coast because we're not that far from the coast here. <laughs> so it's interesting to... Um, that seems to be the driver rather than a financial driver for a lot of people not to have sheep. Uh, yeah, I think uh, a lot of the farming businesses do operate differently and uh, the ones that are still within sheep find that logistical um, you know, way to still be involved with sheep. Uh, but there definitely still is a lot of interest in it. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of talk yesterday about having to monitor water points because this is an area that you don't have um, uh, dams, you don't have uh, on-ground storage uh, in that sense. So it's all tanks and troughs and having to check the troughs every few days in the summer it seems to be a real uh, pain point, for want of a better term. But, I mean, yeah, it's interesting how there are a lot of remote monitoring um, opportunities for these sorts of things and the... The amount of technology in grain production these days is is quite phenomenal. So, um, yeah, the, do you think uh, grain producers are more open to the uptake of technology perhaps than other sorts of farmers? Definitely. I think, um, I guess, with all the advances in technology, farmers are quite open to, you know, making their lives easier and, um, you know, being more efficient and effective out in their farms. So... Yeah, definitely uh, interested in yeah what's coming through in the technology space. Yeah, so last year um, AWI's extension over here in Western Australia, the Sheep's Back, held a, a really successful Sheep Easy Day just down the road at uh, Moira, and I think that it sounds like it might be a good opportunity to, to work um, if if Libby's interested in working closer with the Sheep's Back, particularly about making sheep easier because this has to be this is a, a theme right across Australia it's not something um, particularly specific um, to uh, Western Australia but um, Katrina thank you very much for allowing us to speak at your cropping update yesterday it was um, it was a little bit of a clash of cultures bringing some wool into the room but um, I, I did survive it uh, people did clap at the end and uh, hopefully we, we can work a little closer in the future as well. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for coming over. It was um, great to have a bit of sheep represented on the day and I think the um, growers really appreciated that. So, yeah, thank you for coming. Pleasure. Let's, uh, maybe we can try and get a bit more sheep back into the sheep wheat belt together. Yeah, definitely. Let's, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Katrina. Thanks. Katrina Venticinque, the Executive Officer at the Libby Group. So the Libby Group is one of many grain grower groups that make up the Grower Group Alliance in Western Australia, and the chair of which is Kevin Goss, who I spoke to in a very windy Dalwallanew car park. Oh, well, Libby, which is Libby Grower Group, has uh, run a uh, crop updates session this afternoon. Um, typical of grower groups in the state, they've used it as a fairly mind-expanding day, so there's an introduction to new technologies, what's on the horizon in terms of from yourself regarding sheep technology to accounting technology to global trends you know in a very contemporary way so the, the Libby group is is typical of the grow groups in the state where they can run trials for their farmers members in their patch and they can bring in outside people into that more expansive uh, communication of what's what's new now, from a uh, from an industry point of view, what does the Grower Group Alliance do? So the the forty odd grower groups in the state um, you know, all do their thing, and for 
a long time now, 15 to 20 years, they've had the Grow Group Alliance, which they are now members of as a state level body that services them, supports them in what they do. So historically that's very much around training, about mentoring, um, helping, helping them to run their groups effectively. We've uh, entered some new arrangements very recently with the Department of Prime Ministries and Regional Development here where we're going to go then to another level uh, and in partnership with them we will now look at building a larger R&D portfolio for the state which is above what the grow groups can do individually. So grow group network doing their thing and then come together coordinated by their their Grow Group Alliance to see what larger opportunities are available in research, development and innovation and new technology. Well, from the sheep industry's point of view, we always look at uh, how innovative the, the grains industry is and I suppose the, uh, the comparison that's always made is the size of the shearing comb relative to the size of the boom spray, which right. doesn't really go so well for sheep. What is the capacity to bring sheep back into the sheep wheat belt? Oh, I, there's, there's growing interest. There's growing interest, and I think that the growing interest is uh, is triggered by you know events, whether it be an awful year last year for a lot of the, the wheat belt in terms of crop yields and low rainfall, uh, shifting prices, um, and and just some of the new things that I think people see in sheep. So you made that comparison between the with the combs and the with the boom sprays, but what? joins the two industries is, is our labour costs and the, and, the, and the challenges around that. Now to the extent that, you know, that uh, sheep can be in a farming system to do what I know sheep can do, and this is from you know, my managing of research in the past, uh, you know, sheep in a system in the wheat belt moderates the fluctuations in, in net income on a farm. Um, compared to the cyclical nature of, of crops. Uh, sheep uh, can, can graze and produce off parts of the farm that otherwise would be marginal uh, for cropping. Um, and, it, it just, and there's some farming systems, some very important but somewhat subtle farming systems benefits. So you know, the pasture phase, depending on how it's handled, contributes to uh, organic matter, rising organic matter. Now, there's a lot of long-term trials that say that when you crop a soil, it's very hard to maintain soil organic matter. When you go into a pasture phase or any sort of forage or fodder phase, you can increase soil organic matter, which is very important to soil health. So, so the, 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 there are these farming systems things at play here, and it seems to me, and I'm just you know, gauging it from a little bit of discussion with farmers here, that for those farmers who've got sheep, they might have some salt affected land or other land that's not really suitable for cropping but it's cleared um, and so it's not a big step for them to increase their, their sheep numbers with the technologies you're talking about which lowers the labour cost, smart tags, perhaps fenceless grazing systems at some stage, um, much better you know, handling of sheep and you know, easier shearing and so on that, that we could see some changes here. Fascinating times uh, potentially ahead, Kevin, but getting younger people back into sheep uh, and getting them out of, uh, out of machinery is quite difficult. Sheep are seen as something that's hard work. Yeah, that's right. And I, look, um, and, and that will be there. 
but there are there's a surprising amount of interest of young people coming back into into sheep. We got Corellas flying they're, overhead. Yeah, that's just proof that we are uh, outside. But they're here for the grain. <laughs> okay. Well done, Kevin. Yeah, terrific. So yes, yeah. but, so, but, so go on. They've got this rising interest of young people from all walks of life in agriculture. Now they may have a different view. I don't know, but but the diversity of interest is is really quite interesting. The, the other thing is that and um, is, is to think about what a new sheep enterprise might look like. Now it might not be this, that farmer on that farm running the new the new sheep enterprise. It could be somebody else who's a specialist sheep manager who's prepared to take a stake, a joint stake in the operation. So I think we, we see these sorts of alternate business models develop and perhaps this is a, an opportunity for that to happen as well. Now you've got to hit the road back yep. to Perth. Just finally though, you said something very interesting today that someone in the sheep industry wouldn't possibly think about and that is advocacy of your industry internationally. Yeah. That's possibly missing oh i see that so um, and I, i'm i'm taking this from your presentations today i'm taking it from another presentation i saw in esperance to the a ship grower group yeah months ago and that is that as a person sitting in the audience surrounded by farmers who have some interest in in sheep at greater or lesser level what i saw is that there's there's a there's a very strong and easily communicated vision of what a quality product from wool looks like on the streets of New York, you know, on the on, on the surfing bodies or the or the or the, the athletes or whatever, a very clear vision of that, and then being able to visualise the supply chain between me, the grower, and that, and the the, the technologies, the you know, the the, the research breakthroughs. Uh, the questions of social licence, all the things that I need to get behind as a grower to be able to be part of that. Now, I I see that quite clearly in wool. Perhaps it's a little easier to do in wool. I don't see it in grain. You know, grain's a a much more diverse Mm. industry. Was it there before? What, in grain? Yeah. Um, Probably not, because, you know, because... We, we we had a single desk and we had these these broad categories, you know, um, but now we've got a much more uh, partitioned grains industry, and there are parts of it that do exactly the same. With, let's say noodles into Southeast Asia, you know, same thing. Very clear vision of this is a particular market coming from market, a particular product, yeah. and be able to track that in. And um, to give you an example, in this state. Uh, one of the grower groups here is the Southeast Premium Wheat Association out of Esperance. So you've got one large, very well managed grower group. It occupies what's called a port zone, which so all the grain produced there goes out through one port. So they've got line of sight from the paddock to the port to the market. And that's the sort of thing I'm talking about, is to be able to all the time be able to communicate to farmers. You know, you're co-investing in research and innovation and this is how it contributes to that high quality product attracting a price there and, and it's that connection that's really really important otherwise we lose track of that and then we wonder well you know is that research delivering or is it not delivering what are we doing 
Interesting. Well, a fascinating chat. Um, okay. It's been a great pleasure to meet you, Kevin. Yeah. I hope we can keep in touch. Thank you very much for joining us on The Yarn today. Oh, thanks for the opportunity, Maris. Grower Group Alliance Chairman Kevin Goss there with some really interesting thoughts on the marriage of sheep and grain, as well as global advocacy, which we at AWI and Woolmark are very proud to do on behalf of the nation's growers, particularly in these really difficult times. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Yarn with people being more isolated with COVID-19. We will be creating just as many episodes and even more so, we we want to be connecting you across the wool industry. So please email us at theyarn at wool.com and tell us what you want to hear. So from me, Marius Cumming, thank you for having a yarn with us and as always, I look forward to your company again soon.